0: good morning, Journey. How y'all doing? Good. Everybody's always a little bit more relaxed on a Labor Day Sunday. Have you ever noticed that? Everybody's like, I'm great. I got tomorrow off. This is fantastic, right? You guys look great. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for you who are joining us online. Um, Many of you probably from boats and campsites and maybe even Pastor Brian from his deer blind right now. So if that's you, um, welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, If you couldn't tell, uh, we like to have fun around here. Uh, Peggy and I are. We have a lot of fun. It's a blessing to be your next-gen pastor. Uh, And I would just want to give one more last little, like, try to get you guys down there. Um, I am actually going to Denver next week to to actually do a wedding for some people who serve together in base camp. So, hey, if you're here and you're like, I'm single, I'm lonely, you know what? Or if you come say, Pastor Logan, there's just no good Christian men out there, guess what? They may be right there in base camp right now, serving a baby. Because ladies, let me tell you, if you see somebody just holding that baby and just praying over them, man, there it is. That's a match made in heaven, okay? And it's fitting, it's fitting to share that because today I have, I love Labor Day, but the real reason I love Labor Day is today's my anniversary. Today is my anniversary, yeah. Today's my, my fifth anniversary, my lovely wife, Kayla, um, She is so amazing. If you know know her, you know that. And you also know that it's a miracle that she said yes, okay? So if if you're here and you're wondering, does God do miracles? I'm a living testament of that, okay? God does work miracles, okay? Um, So yeah, it's my anniversary. I always, we really got married on the Monday because it was cheaper. That was the reason. We are like, we can get everybody there. It'd be like a weekend. And we got the venue like half off, which was fantastic, so that's a little wedding hack for you guys. Um, yeah. And then I also, I love Labor Day weekend because it was always this weekend in my life, um, that always had a special memory because it was a weekend that me and my dad would spend together on a fishing trip. Usually it was always right around, um, right before we went back to school. It was always right around that time generally Labor Day, the weekend before or after, um, and, and, and let me preface, this was not, uh, I am no fly guy, I know some of you guys are fly fishermen and you're like, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, Logan, right? No, I grew up on the East Coast in West Virginia, a lot of bass fishing, um, taking kayaks, canoes down rivers, and it would just be me and my dad. And it was some of the only times me and my dad had together just alone in, in the boat, and, and it, it was such a formative time for me. And I think back to those moments because you know it was always right when you know, the, the river got a little slower, or it was always the moment when maybe the fish weren't as biting as much as we wanted them to, right? That we had these amazing conversations, kind of those classic dad conversations you have. And throughout those conversations, there would always be a time where our conversation would turn to our faith in Jesus. My dad and I, um, that's been central to who we are, of what we have together. We, I grew up playing basketball. He loved fishing, Right? So like, I'm 6'5", five, he's 5'8", five right? Like there's a lot of things that we have uh, not in common, but we have that in common, our central love for Jesus. And I've always loved my dad's faith because it's a simple, simple faith, right? And he, he would never de- describe himself as a theologian or a Bible scholar or um, some kind of uh, Bible whiz. If we did like the sword drill, like Peggy does down in base camp, My dad would be like, I don't know what to do, right? (laughs) He would would tell you that. But my dad asks the greatest questions and he has this great humility about him and his faith. And his whole faith is driven by these questions. And so I can just still see my dad casting a line and he'd be like, you ever wonder, well, what if Jesus didn't go to the cross? What would that be like? He's like, it's enough to make you think, huh? And then he would just go back to casting, right? And I'd be like, okay, dad, you just blew my mind right there. Like, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm like in seminary, like going to the canoe. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Is that possible? Right? That was, that was these conversations with my dad. Or he'd be like, what do you think Jesus was like? How many hours do you think Jesus slept? There was always these weird questions. And, and my dad would ask these questions, but it always, always drove him. I love his curiosity, his humility. And he was just infatuated with Jesus. And that, Right there, folks, is what's driven my faith. It's been the most central question for me of simply, who is Jesus? And I know that seems like a really simple question. Some of you guys are like, aren't we past that by now? Isn't that like, I got that answer checked? but here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quiz you. I used to be a teacher. So here's your time to answer, who is Jesus? No, I, re- I really mean, it. I want you to answer. I want you to ask the person beside you online. You can put it in the chat. You can write it on your connect card. Go ahead. This is where I have really great wait time as a teacher. I have no problem staying here. So go ahead, have a conversation really fast. Ask the person, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Go ahead, you can talk in church. It's totally fine. No wrong answers. No wrong answers. Right, good. Maybe some are coming in online. Great, I'll give you about three seconds more. All right, good. That's a classic youth pastor trick. You just randomly yell out random times. Like you have 17 seconds left in the game. And I never know if it's actually 17 seconds. I never actually count them. But all right, so you got your answer? Everybody got something? We're not grading them. It's the easiest quiz ever. I'm not gonna grade you. Um, But hold on that answer, okay? Because that question I truly believe is the most essential question for us. It's the most essential question because it will drive everything. And in my life, that has the most central thing that has driven me to read scripture, to pray, to want to know who God is. And man, we just sang all these songs this morning about who God is, what he does, what he's like. And so I can imagine in this room, there might be a million answers in here, right? Some of you might have been, maybe an attribute came to mind. Maybe it's God is love, God is um, forgiving, he is mercy. Maybe it was, um, maybe one of his titles, maybe some Jesus is Lord, Jesus um, is savior. Maybe it could, it could have been a million things. And, and there was probably some of you, for being honest, that you were like, big fat question mark. <laughs> you're like, I don't know, that's why I'm here, right? Isn't, aren't you supposed to tell me, Pastor Logan? Right? Some of you guys are, are questioning, you're like, I don't know. I, I don't know who he is. And I know while this seems like a simple question, it's a simple truth that I believe will guide you through the rest of your life. And so here's, here's my, I'm giving you, um, if you don't know that answer this morning, you're in great company because I think the world has been trying to answer that question and, and pigeonhole who Jesus was this whole time. Um, famous author, H.G. Wells, uh, he, he wrote uh, War of the Worlds. That's hard for me to say with my accent there, okay. He says, a historian like myself, who doesn't even call himself a Christian, finds the picture centering irresistibly around the life and character of this most significant man. That sounds like an author wrote that, right? Very eloquently said, right? Or one of my favorite authors, um, C.S. Lewis said this. He, he, when he summed up his discovery of faith, he said, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Right, so either he was the greatest con man of all time, just selling a bag of religious goods and then left, mysteriously disappeared, or he was mentally unstable in some way. And he, I mean, the guy said he was God. He told, the, he told the Pharisees, hey, that the stuff, the scriptures that when you read to them, you think they bring you life, but they all point to me. It's a pretty bold statement. Just like Pastor Brian said last week, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life, right? No man comes before the father, but through, but through me, but by me. That's what Jesus says, right? And so then there's this last category. If he's not a lunatic, if he's not a liar then maybe, just maybe he is who he says he is. And I think that's a question worth diving into this morning and and for the rest of our lives, if I'm being honest. I think it's a question we should ask ourselves every single day, who is Jesus? I mean, this is why I believe that is because the, the answer to that question, I believe is the foundation of your faith. When you really think about, it, when you strip away everything that we believe, this book that we we said we claim that we follow, the Jesus that we claim to follow, how we answer that question will be the foundation of our faith. It will change the way I treat people, how I treat my spouse, how I treat my coworkers, how I treat random strangers. It'll it'll, it'll change everything. It'll change what I do with my money, my time, my energy. It'll, it'll change what I care about, right? Because if that is my answer, I I wanna make an argument this morning that that answer will literally change the directory of your life, okay? So it's an important question for us to dive into and make sure we don't just have, oh yeah, I got that like super penciled in, super easy for me. Jesus, boom, got that one figured out. What's next, right? That should be the driving point foundation for our faith because it's the bedrock from whatever else we believe. So if you're a student in this room, I'm gonna give you a little foretaste. Like you're gonna to have to answer this question at some point, okay? I'm not gonna put you up front and like make you say it out front of people. But like, that's what I think like teenage years, it's like, you're trying to figure out who am I? What, what's this about? What's my purpose? And if you haven't answered who Jesus is yet, all those other things are kind of on shaky ground, right? So it's an important question for us to dive into. Um, one, I'm passionate about helping um, this next generation to answer, all right? So what I'd like to do this morning, I wanna dive into Matthew 16, which is one of Jesus' encounters with his disciples where he asked this question to his disciples. So if you turn with me to Matthew 16, we're gonna pick this up in verse 13, okay? It'll be on the screen for you as well. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you say the son of man is? Or who who do people say the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others... Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Just like Jesus, right? To cut through it. He asked a question. He asked way more questions than he gave answers, right? Cuts through it. Who do you say that I am? Who's the one that answers? Who does it say? You can talk. Peter, yeah. Peter. Peter's my guy. I love Peter. I'm just gonna preface that. If you've spent any time in this book, you realize that we're all kind of Peter at times, right? Peter is like, he, he's all or nothing, man. He, he is like going for it all times. He's like, if that's you, Lord, I'm jumping out of this boat. Let me walk to you, right? Jumps out of the boat, looks around, starts sinking, right? He goes, Lord, I will never deny you ever, right? Three days later, denies Jesus, right? I don't know who that guy is. I've never seen him before. Don't even, You're the one that followed him. No, I'm not. That's not me, Right? That's who Peter is. He's his highs and lows of walking with Jesus. And he follows him, even pulls him aside at one time and says, Hey, Jesus, um, as your PR guy, can this is a Logan version, okay? Um, that whole thing about going on the cross and dying, we need to pump the brakes on that. Because that's not how we start like this revolution, right? Like we shouldn't do that, right? And what does Jesus say? He says, Get behind me, Satan, right? <laughs> So Peter has his own ideas. He's got his own insecurities. He probably should go talk to my wife. She's a therapist. So maybe he's got some insecurities, some identity stuff. He's like, who am I? What's going on? He doesn't know exactly. He doesn't know exactly who Jesus is all the time. But man, this is one of those moments, I imagine like the disciples were like, oh, Peter, don't, don't say anything, right? And then he stamps up, and then we see his answer, which is this important moment in his life. And it's in verse 16. It says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is one of those times where Peter crushes it, right? Peter nailed it. Peter was like, I know exactly who you are. You are the who you say you are. You are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. What he's saying, and you might hear this language around here that we say this a lot. This is kind of like his all in moment, right? Because he's saying, hey, you know all this Old Testament stuff that happened here, the one that's been foretold that would come and then renew our relationship with God that would bring us back in the fold with God. That's you. That's you. I believe you are who you say you are. He says this in this moment and it's a declaration for his life of I believe that you are worth surrendering everything for. That's what Peter's saying, he's saying you are the Messiah, the Son of living God. I'm going to lay down, I don't know where this road's going, but I'm going to lay everything at your feet, Jesus. I'm going to lay it down, my time, my talents, my plans, my treasures, it's yours. Let's go. Where are we going? That's what he says in this moment. And and Peter, for all the moments, he gets it like this. Just like me. He nails it. He says, this is exactly who you are. And what happens? Jesus responds by saying, he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, right? He changed his name here. Um, This is where the word, it's it's, it's Petra, right? So if it like Petra Academy down the road, this is it. This is where it kind of comes from. Um, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys um, of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Man, that is quite a statement, right? I don't even know exactly what all that fully means if I'm being honest with you, right? But man, that is like a halftime Friday, Friday night lights pump up speech for Peter, He's probably thinking, yes, this is awesome, right? I got a new name. I'm in a new identity. I got a new mission for life. This is exactly who I'm meant to be. This is it. I'm ready to rock. Let's just go, right? You are Peter. I'm gonna build my church on people just like you. This is gonna be amazing. And, and then what does he say? Verse 20. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was Messiah. Doesn't that seem like, like a total break? So I imagine it's like, you're ready to run out in the field and all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? We're not? We're not, going, we're not going, wait, what? Why would we, Why would I not tell you? Isn't that the opposite of what our faith tells us to, to share the love of Jesus and who he is, right? But there's this moment where Jesus says, hey, it's not yet, don't tell anybody yet, right? And that's so, it's so peculiar, but if you look at the story, continue the story in Peter's life. So if you keep looking at Peter's life, they go to Jerusalem, Jesus lives this perfect life. He goes to the cross for our sins reconciles us to God, just like we laid out last week what we sung about this morning, right? He, ra- he raises from the dead three days later. And the craziest thing is he goes, okay, here's the keys, boys. You guys got it from here. It's actually better I leave. I'm gonna leave you the Holy Spirit, right? And so in Acts, you pick up the story and it's, it's funny because like they're doing what I'd be doing. I'd be like, I need to pray about that. <laughs> like if Lord's like, okay, I'm out of here. See you guys later. I'm going up to heaven. But you guys, it's gonna be better. It's gonna be great. This is what I want. And so they're praying together in the upper room. Um, They're praying, they have this amazing moment where the Lord, the Holy Spirit pours out his spirit on them. And it says that the people are speaking in different languages and it's causing this ruckus in the town to the point that people are like, what is going on with you guys? What is happening? What, are you guys drunk? It's like 9 a.m. You guys can't, what's going on here? That's in scripture, right? And and then who, who is it that speaks up? It's Peter. It's Peter again. And it's amazing to me that his answer is his answer to Jesus on that same day. The first sermon ever preached was that answer. It was answering the question of who is Jesus, right? And so let's pick this up in verse 36. So he's already laid out this whole case of who Jesus is and how he's better than David and his whole backstory gives you all the context and then it lands here in 36. It says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, right? What are the people's response? It says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of the church or in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. From scripture, we see that there was a massive revival in this city right there. And right there is the beginning of the church that as we sit here in Bozeman, Montana, some thousands thousands of years later, thousands of miles away, we are literally the benefactors of the beginning of the church right there with what Peter's answer was. Isn't that amazing? Peter didn't know a lot of stuff. He didn't have all the answers and his actions weren't always right. Later, Paul even corrects him for some stuff he still messes up. But he knew this one thing. He said, Jesus is Lord and Savior. He is the Messiah. He's the one worth going all in for. He's the one worth following. He is who he says he is. And out of that statement, out of that declaration of who he says God is, the church is born and we get to sit here and celebrate that same God. Is that not amazing? There's one person alive here. That's great. That's good. I need the Holy Spirit to come back revival us right now, man. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Here's what I want to say. When we declare Jesus is Lord, two things happen from what we can see in Peter's life. Right? He affirms us and he uses us to build his kingdom. I don't know why. (laughs) It's not the way I'd probably do things, but good thing I'm not God. Right? He affirms us. Let's start there. Let's go back to Matthew 16. Let's hear about Jesus' response to Peter one more time. This is from the message it says, Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself let you in on the secret of who I really am. Hear this part. Now I'm gonna tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. So that thing that Jesus told him that day, he said, hey, you're that person you used to be. It's no more. This is your new mission in life. And he gave him a vision for the future, right? He gave him like almost like this prophetic word of, hey, I'm gonna build this church and and the gates of Hades won't even prevail against it, right? And that's what happened, right? That came to fruition on that day in Acts 2. All of a sudden you start to see like, man, this is boom. All of a sudden this church is, is growing and thriving and people are coming to know Jesus and they're being baptized and saved, when we declare Jesus as Lord, he affirms us. He speaks exactly to who we really are. He speaks exactly to those issues in our heart, those issues that Peter had had of wondering who he is. Is he important? He wanted power. He wanted influence. And Jesus cut right to it and said, no, this is who you really are. And that same thing is offered to us today. Second thing, he uses us to build his kingdom, right? The, the church is made up of a lot of Peter's myself included there's moments i feel like i really get it and there's other moments i don't get it at all does anybody else feel like that sometimes well good you're in good company because that's what god does we're not a, a church of perfect people but we we celebrate a perfect god that's central to who this is if you don't know who jesus is man he affirms us and he uses to build his kingdom If you look through the history, I I had a history major. That was my background, so it's like super nerdy. Um, I like to say I got a background in like a Jeopardy facts, like just a bunch of fun facts. Um, I can get off track real fast. If you're like, hey, Logan, fun fact. I will remember that forever. I don't know why, but it gets stuck in my brain. Um, And and Kayla just looks at me like, why do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I know that, right? But he uses people who, who don't know everything, don't have all the answers, but they, but they know that. That's central to who they are. People like my dad. People like you who are sitting in this seat who are thinking, man, I, God can't use me. Man, I don't even know if I, I don't know the no verses. My prayer life ain't exactly how it should be. Well, guess what? You're in good company. Because that's exactly who God wants to do. He wants to put a new name, new identity, and he wants to use you to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, in in Bozeman, as it is in heaven. What would that look like at this valley, right? If more men and women just stepped up and said, you know what, Lord, I don't know all the things, but I'm just gonna be all in. I'm just gonna surrender. I'm gonna lay at your feet. I'm gonna follow you. That's the offering this morning. So here's the question I have. This, we're gonna go back to your question that you have. You guys have it. It's written down. Maybe you haven't forgot it quickly, all right? This all begins with answering who is Jesus, Right? I have this simple question. What will be the outcome of your answer? What will be the outcome of your answer? In the story, um, I referenced C.S. Lewis earlier. Um, one of my favorite stories of all time um, is Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. You guys might have seen those movies. If you haven't, um, the movies have been out for like 20 years. And the books are out for like 50 years. So, plot twist, I'm going to give it away here, okay? All right? So, sorry, catch up, okay? It's 2021. Um, and and in those books, C.S. Lewis, you know, he, he, he answered that question is Jesus is Lord. And how he did that was often through his writings, right? And in his most famous book, um, it, it's the story, um, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, but there's a couple series of those books. And then the main character in all those stories is Aslan. Right? And he is this lion king. He is this figure that is—if um, you took theology classes—he's a messianic allegorical figure. Okay, you guys like that one. You can write that one down. That one's for free, right? He—he he, he is this image bearer. Kind of—he—he he models how Jesus is and his interactions. And he never does exactly what um, the characters want him to do. He shows up always at the right time. And in that story, he is the king, but he offers, like the humans to rule with him. He's like, hey, you, you do it. And then he, and then he goes away. And every book he comes back different and the kids are always looking for Aslan, every time. Like if just Aslan would show up, if he would move, right? And when the kids in the very first book, and this, is, this has always stuck with me and I hope it'll stick with you. When I think about the outcome of my life, they were, they're asking about Aslan, they haven't met him yet. And they're like, he's a lion, well, that, that's weird, right? And he's a king. how's that possible? And they said, "Well." And probably the natural question is, "Well, is he, is he safe? Is he tame? Right?" And the, and the I think it's the beaver in the story says, "Well, well, no, he's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good, and he's king." Folks, I'm here to tell you right now, Jesus is good, and he is king. I don't know a ton in my life but I know that is central to who I am. There's been seasons in my life up and down. I mean, even me getting here, I don't even, I'm not supposed to be in Bozeman, Montana. I didn't plan this on my five year, 10 year plan. And there's been seasons, I felt like God was so distant from me that he was not hearing any of my cries. But I knew that, you know what? Jesus, you're Lord, I'm not. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I just decided when I was a young kid, man, I don't know, I don't know a lot, but I'm going to base my life on who Jesus says I am, what he says, not, not what I think. Whatever. My plans are not always great. <laughs> so as you answer that question, what will be the outcome of your life? What will be the outcome of your answer? If you have an answer and you're like, well, Jesus was a good guy. He was a good teacher. He taught some really cool things. He's my prayer buddy I go to when times are huff. He's my vending machine. Lord, give me a prayer. Give me a sign. Give me, give me an answer. Hey, Lord, I, uh, you know, I, I would argue that there's probably fruit to that. Now, that doesn't mean everything perfectly happens in your life, but what I would say is what's the outcome of your answer? Is it, um, does it carry you through this world, right? So here's my three re- reflection questions as we end this morning. We're gonna spend a few minutes reflecting and praying, and I wanna ask these questions as you're sitting there. Maybe these are, Maybe just a moment for you to kind of sit with your heavenly father in that boat. Just like I sat with my dad for so many years in that boat. First question is this, what is your answer? Maybe it's that answer you had this morning. What's your answer? And it's, God's not mad at you. God's not correcting it. He's not got his red, big red pen like a teacher ready to cross out your answer. He's just sitting in the boat with you saying, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He's got all the time in the world. Just like I did with my dad on that river. All the time in the world. Just rolling down that river. He's just saying, who do you say that I am? Gut check on. Take that answer to him. Who do you say that I am? Secondly, will it carry you through this life? We all have to answer that question one way or the other. In our life... We know it's full of struggles and heartache. This verse that says, in this world, Jesus said this. He said, in this world, you will have struggles, but take heart because I've overcome the world. That he came and lived a perfect life, but to experience exactly what it, like, what it means to be a human, what, exactly what we go through. He did that so he can, he can empathize with us, so he could recognize that, that the struggles that it is here on earth. Is your answer to that question, can it carry you through those seasons of life? Because if Jesus is just like a good guy, that there is no peace to that when the storms come. If he's just, I don't know, I don't, however you answer that. If he's just that, that that's, I've just found time and time again, that, that answer doesn't carry you. It doesn't carry you through those hard seasons of life. And then lastly, who do you need to tell? Who do you need to tell? Because some of us, if we're being honest, we've had that answer for a really, really long time but we've been so scared of what others might say about us that we're not willing to like, just start a conversation about who Jesus is. Peter did not know everything at all. He was a, he was a fisherman by trade. He probably wouldn't have been trained in all like religious education, but he follows Jesus, right? God gives him a new name, a new idea, a new purpose. Who can you tell? And it might be really simple, folks. What if you just this week, what if we all just started saying, who do you think Jesus is? What if you just start a conversation right there? Don't be, don't be ready to jump with your answer right away. Just like take some time, just listen. No, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then naturally I bet in the conversation, like, who do you think Jesus is? Yeah, it's a time to share. Maybe you get to share because all these answers are based in stories and testimony of who God is. Because I could tell you, man, hey, man, growing up in a household... Single parent, home, first 13 years. Man, I don't know what to tell you, but there was just men in the church that came and took care of me. And so then my mom got, thir- when I got, when she got married when I was 13, I saw Jesus through my dad, right? And then as I spent years dealing with identity and struggles, and when I was 27, meet my biological dad for the first time, being able to look him in the eye and say, man, I forgive you, it's okay. Because the Lord's given me love in my heart for you. That's who Jesus is. I couldn't do that without Jesus. Who can you tell who Jesus is? Who can you ask this week? I, I sat this Tuesday morning praying with some folks, been praying for revival for 30 years. And I sat here and we just said on that video, right? Alex just said, revival breaks out when we declare who Jesus is. We didn't time that up. I didn't know that. That's pretty good timing though. That's good. Thanks, Thanks tech team. But that's what happens. What, what if like the revival that we've been praying for for 30 years started with us just having conversations all around this valley of who Jesus is? Not claiming to be experts, not claiming to know it all, not just shoving a verse down someone's throat, but listening, empathizing like Jesus and having those conversations and then answering honestly of who Jesus is. Could we do that this morning church? What would this valley look like? What what would it look like if we left this building and we were curious of who Jesus was? What, if we could answer that question and we wanted to answer that question every day of our life, that our life was the answer to that question, not just what we say, how we live, how we treat each other. What if that was our answer to that question? So we're gonna spend a moment in worship here in a second. And I just want you to sit with those questions. Just wrestle with it. Let this be that time with you and the Lord I can't tell you what that answer is. Pastor Bob can't tell you what that answer is. Maybe mom and dad have told you an answer, but you got to answer that question for yourself. And just like Peter, it's not me asking it. He said, the Lord will reveal it to you, right? So let him reveal it to you this morning. Will you pray with me? Lord, you are good. I don't know a lot in life, but I know you're good. I know you're for us. I know you're always on time. And so Lord, I, I, I just will stand here this morning and just be able to say, you are God, you are Lord and Messiah. You have my life. Wherever you wanna take me, I'll go. Whatever you wanna do, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to give up, I'll give up. Lord, even being here is a testament to that. So Lord, I just pray that for my friends here in this room, wherever they are in their life. If they've been uh, walking for 10 minutes with you or they've been walking for 20, dec- 20 years with you, Lord, wherever they might be, Would would you just convict them this morning and bring up that question in their hearts of just saying, who are you? What does that look like? Who can I ask this week? Who can I just be curious about? Because Lord, you created every single one of us in your image so we could be curious about other people. So Lord, would you bless my friends as they just ponder this and wrestle this question with you? Who do you say that I am? And Lord, let that be the birthplace of our ministry and let everything be an outflow of our answer, knowing that you are a good God who loves us cares for us, and wants to be known. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.